that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great From the moment you're a small bambino You eat pizza, you drink vino Then they make you roly-poly You get stuffed with ravioli If your mama's a paisano You will have the world on a plate So see that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. I'm John Viola, and I hope every Italiano out there is having a great life in the wake of getting stuffed with ravioli and probably some lasagna and uh, certainly turkey on this wonderful holiday of Thanksgiving we just celebrated. It's the beauty of podcasting that I'm recording this before we actually celebrate it. But by the time this airs on Monday, you will all have hopefully had a blessed and peaceful Thanksgiving uh, with friends and family and uh, the people you love. So hope it was a happy Thanksgiving and happy to be here with all of you again, even though this episode's recorded a little bit early because uh, the cast of characters that normally makes up our podcast family is all spread out for the holiday as well. So when this airs, I will be with my lovely wife overseas in the UK, enjoying a couple of days break in London together. Uh, but we have a very important day today. Because today is Monday, December 2nd, uh, which means we are first and foremost in the Christmas season here in the United States. But I think for us, pretty importantly, is the whole reason that we're doing this episode today, a pretty big announcement. But before I get to that, uh, I am going to try, through the magic of technology, to get my partner in crime, Cav Av, Pat O'Boyle, on the phone. So we get a little bit of a conversation about what's coming up, because we really want to share this with you, and frankly, it's his idea. So... Let me see if I can't get uh, the notorious P.O.B. here on the phone with me. What's going on? Hey, how you feeling? Another year. <laughs> wiped yeah. out. Uh, we're recording now. Can you tell everybody what you've been Oh, doing? no. <laughs> see, this is like being in the Soviet Union. People call you up and they start to take... Are you taping me? Yeah, this is like when I went to... It's like being in Russia. You people call me. After the whole debacle with Dolores was was the child, (laughs) which I've never heard, the taping. This is a sacrifice I'm making for Iraq. I edited out a lot of the good stuff in that one. It's like the Soviet Union. People call you up and they're going to tape you, and then strangers you never met are going to listen to your conversations. That's when I went to Eritrea. They gave me a cell phone. They were like, oh, you can use this cell phone... Yours won't work, and every time I called home, called Nicole, I heard like a click every ten seconds. That they were recording what I was saying. That was fantastic. Yeah, imagine that was like that was. I've been seeing the Eritrean national anthem. <laughs> I was I was bragging a lot about how great they are. Yeah, it's the greatest country I ever went to. I said best president I ever heard of. We had we had tea with wow, him. Wow, I wish he was my president. I'm sorry. We had tea with him. He had tea. I thought they would give you coffee. No, nah, I guess tea. Yeah, we. I think we we might have had coffee. You're right. We, but we had like a sit down. You know meeting and they brought out the coffee and we waited all week for it we were how was the coffee very very robust yeah i like it like that you would love it then it was like drinking ashes mixed with coffee it was it was stronger than the yeah drinkers. yeah that's my kind of coffee <laughs> You'd be in why would people listen to this conversation i, I don't know that's a good question if you're listening to this you need help 
That's probably true. My own family doesn't listen to me. We need help more than anybody. I'm the head of the list. <laughs> so tell me what you're doing. I bought 14 pounds. I'm gri- I'm grinding this cheese. How many pounds is it? I bought 14 pounds. What, why did I do this? Yeah, why did you? Because I saw the small blocks. If I go to ShopRite and get the small blocks, I don't think I'm getting the, the best return on my money. <laughs> but the big, large quantity, I feel is like an investment. So you have 14 pounds of Locatelli cheese. I have 14 pounds, but I think 14 was, maybe I should have got, but that was the smallest quantity they had at that price. You're the greatest. And now you're going to grind it up and, and, and grate it? I don't it. know how much to grind. I've gra- I ground up a good amount. I mean, I have some, I have it planned out, but then I'm like, okay, how, how far out? I mean, I'll use it. That, there's no question I'll use it. What are you storing it in? In a used, I have a series of honey jars. <laughs> Five pound and one pound, because you know I have my own honey, my honey purveyor. Yes. From New York Magazine, rated the best honey in, in the New York Tri-State area. From upstate, Trembley Apiaries. So if anybody wants, that's my that's my summer flower uh, honey is my Struful go-to honey. Really? Yes, oh, absolutely. I've tested them all. Summer flower, trembly apiaries. So they used to say that if you if you use the jar of honey and you put back the jar, they knock the price off for recycling the jar. But during the Union Square Farmers Market, and it gets complicated, and then like we can't fill it. So I have these really beautiful jars. So I went from using um, canning jars, the large quart, the half gallon, the mason jars, and yeah. now I'm using the honey jars. I mean, they're sterilized. There's no honey left. They're beautiful jars. I mean, they're just, you know, they're really nice jars. I, I'm experimenting with the new honey this year. I can't believe somebody's listening to this, con- this conversation. <laughs> they haven't done it yet. <laughs> We've got to project That's out true. Two, three That's days. True. Let's pray they do. But this is the night before Thanksgiving. Pat and I are both obviously not in studio together. This used to be a good... Remember in the old days, this was like a go-out night? Yeah, I remember that. People came home from school. Yeah, this was, and that's, I think that's gone. Is that still around? I'm sure for younger people. Do the kids do that anymore? Or is that kind of passe? I don't know what these kids do anymore. They probably text each other on the phone instead of going out. They're probably texting Turk, whatever they do. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, you know. They're on an Instagram chain or... That was a big Hoboken tonight was like packed back oh, in the yeah. day. Oh, gosh, everywhere, everywhere. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe I should drive around. I, I, from an anthropological sense, I'm interested. You should observe them in their natural element. I should observe. I get my Shkodol in Hoboken, so there's a great organic store in Hoboken that always has very fresh, very crisp organic Shkodol. <laughs> you're, just plugging, no, seriously. you're just plugging all these businesses today. Yeah, and I won't even get a nickel from them. But if you're a Shkodol eater... Once you have the organic all fresh from California, you can't go back. I got to get this. The beans from Monte San Giacomo, the Monteberry beans from Monte San Giacomo that Pascual Vitale brings in, and the organic California Shkodol that I get in Hoboken, you can't beat it. It's accessible luxury. Don't you think we should have an event for the new neighborhood where we invite all these wonderful people who have supported us over the years? And Who's we... going to come? Oh, I think a lot of people would come. If we made them your Shkodol and beans... I can make my... Uh... I ain't making this. I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm making your pie tonight, by the way. I, I'm interested. When I made... It, this, that was like a Danielle, Otteri, and me moment when I made that pie and I sent it to her. And she was very impressed with it. What made you invent this pie? Because I'm a sick person and I think a lot. And I love chestnuts. I love chestnut cream. And throughout, I'm really heavily in Erpina. There's a tradition of 
mixing fig marmalade cookies and pasticcio with, with fig marmalade and chestnut. And the Val di Diano has a tradition of chestnut and chocolate. There's a lot there's a lot of campania. The Avellino Salerno kind of um sort I'm looking for. Access. Access I guess that's a for where access has a strong chestnut, probably stronger than anywhere else in Italy. They have a lot of chestnut and they have a lot of fig. And so I said to myself, what would it be like to have a chestnut and fig? Because they kind of really do go well together. Which is a little bit of, because if you overdo the cocoa, it's like pasticcio when there's too much chocolate in it. The dominant player is the chocolate. Yeah. But if you just give chocolate just enough of cocoa just to give some, um, just to bring out the chestnut flavors, then the chestnut does fine all on its own. I'm looking forward to trying this. I really am. I'm I don't know. Maybe you might hate it. Who knows? I, I, I'm happy with it. I, I like bought a whipped cream machine. Did I tell you this? You bought a whipped cream machine? Like what, with the spray? Yes, a professional whipped cream maker. It's like the ready whip for, for high-end people. <laughs> Self-loading. <laughs> I'm a sick person. I had a cheap one that I got on a closeout, and the plastic parts, it, it just didn't hold up. So I got the high end from another, another company I should go plug, right? Just keep plugging all these people. It's true. You're doing free advertising. But who listens to this anyway? Who, 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 I'm actually like I'm on Good Morning America. Can anybody listen to this? <laughs> I think, well, we're going to test it out. Did you tell Nicole about I want to start an Italian dog pound for Italian dogs? No, I didn't talk to her yet today. That's, a, that's like my new charity. Because <laughs> if you're abandoned by an Italian home, can you go into a Medigan home? Can you imagine the trauma that dog gets? No, no, it's good. There's no way to recover. You're abandoned in the kennel, <laughs> and you're used to eating really well, like meatballs coming out of the frying pan. Uh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they send you to like the people that give you like Purina all day. <laughs> that's, good. that's like marrying a non-Italian. And then you're like, I don't understand. My family abandoned me, and I can't get meatballs. <laughs> so this would be an Italian dog could be adopted by another Italian family. That's a good point. We need that. So you drop off Fido, right? Fido likes meatballs. Fido likes brujol. You can do all the stuff that Fido likes to eat. My mother-in-law used to give her dog, uh, every morning she would take a biscotti and she would dip it in espresso, and that was his breakfast. He lived for like 15 years. He was a Yorkshire Terrier. And you know what? It, it, why shouldn't dog be happy? No, he loved it. He loved it. My, my Does anybody actually have stories about uh, dogs that were abandoned by Italian people who got very depressed when they went to non-Italian homes? <laughs> If you do, send them our way. They'll be the first candidates for our service. This is a gabba fresh, and I'm not, I'm being honest with that. That's the word that comes to my mind, gabba fresh kind of day. Yeah, it's true. Because the people have nothing to worry about. They're getting, like, their nails done. They go in the mall. It's like Christmas Eve. It's like the people who just go to somebody's house to eat. It is like a lost day. And there's somebody who's, like, three days in a galley, sweating, unshaven, <laughs> working like an animal. Yeah, and then there's the person who shows up five minutes before with the cake from Whole Foods. It's a lost day today, you know the the, the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, but it depends. There's the there's there's the worker bees today, and then there's the people who stand up all back today. I've been working my tail off all day today. I'll tell you. And you know what? It's good. You as usual, you stumble into a great transition. Why am I working my tail off? Because today we finalized a project that you started for us. Yeah, you probably did. Yeah. That's but, another. That's another line for the obituary. You that's should right. Notes on this you are the my founder. Day comes. Oh. So I want to tell everybody about this project that you started. So, a Monday when this airs is also the release date. I want to encourage everybody to go over. First of all, of our new YouTube channel, which uh, according to the new laws of YouTube, we cannot have a special link until we have a hundred followers. So please go and look up 
Greetings from Italian America. It's our first video. Find it, subscribe to our channel so we get 100 so we can do a link. You can go right on YouTube and search it. Search Greetings from Italian America. You can uh, go on our website. There's a link to the channel directly. It'll be on our social media. But it's a big new project for us video. And really, it was your baby. Uh, you and Basil Russo came up with this whole idea of getting us into video and yeah i have that yeah sure yeah. let's make i'm gonna be we're gonna be movie producers can we wear the berets like they used to wear in the 20s oh yeah absolutely like dom delweese is wearing a blazing saddle we've worn ascots before with the director's <laughs> chair and the, and the old like megaphone yeah we have the ascots already yes yeah, true <laughs> we, could, we could go full full bore in, and and for those of you who um don't know i know we've spoken about him a bunch but basil russo is the President of the Italian Sons and Daughters of America, which is a partnering organization with us. We, Pat and I, and Dolores, Anthony, Rosella, we're all uh, members of lodges that were just created here. We created here in New York and the New Jersey area. And ISDA is a phenomenal organization all over the country, uh, probably one of the largest membership groups for Italian Americans, and really definitely one of the most active. I mean, the projects they do, uh, like this one, they really put a lot into. They have a huge website and Facebook, a great newspaper. If you go to orderisda.org, you can see they have so much activity on the website, a lot of writing. The newspaper's great, and uh, their membership's all over the country, and we became members. You've been really active. You are the vice president for the state of New Jersey now, um, and I guess you and Basil, who's who had a lot of experience in the film industry because his sons are the famed Russo brothers, directors of Captain America and the Avengers, uh, you guys kind of set out to get us more active in video, and this whole series was born. I, I think, to be honest, to get back on what you said as, as far as what my vision, my vision for this is the fact that now, because of the Internet, you know, we always say about the negative things about the Internet, constantly, you know, kind of pounded home. But there's a huge amount of positives, and the amount of positives is that everybody can become a filmmaker. Yeah. Everyone can tell a story. And I think that before Italian-American media was limited because you had to sell a product for the mass consumption of an audience. So, you know, you had to get on PBS, like Channel 13 in New York. Sure, there's an Italian-American um, audience. There's a, there's a percentage, sure. And New York is extremely high, New Jersey. But if you got to tweak that with the fact that you can't have a channel that's all Italian all the time, or you have to tell Italian stories from a non-Italian perspective to make them understandable, interesting to non-Italian-Americans. But the liberating aspect of the Internet is that you can have a very targeted audience with a very targeted interest. So I think that what you and Rosella did for San Gennaro in New York was fantastic. I think it's exactly what we want to do. I think it's storytelling. I think we have stories that need to be told, that need to be heard, that need to be passed down. And I think that the capacity of the internet to project not only the audio, but the visual of our experience, because the audio limits us. And with film, we can, we can show the whole, the whole picture. I think we have a tremendous potential. You know, I do want to just take a moment because you talk about the impact of media. You know, one of the things that I'm going to do as I, as I get home tonight and wait for the premiere of our Greetings from Italian America on Monday, I'll be baking pies, I'll be baking cakes, but I'll also kind of be glued to my television because Vantage just added Media Set Italia to the new Italian package, and I have been watching all of my favorite Italian shows, and there's so many new premieres that are happening right now. I've been watching new seasons of Isla di Pietro and uh, Amici. Uh, plus there's a new series of Domenica Live with Barbara D'Urso and a new game show called Conto alla Rovescia with Jerry Scotti. 
So I've been really enjoying this. And if you, too, want to have Mediaset Italia on your Vantage TV subscription, you can call Vantage TV at one 499 2874 and ask for the Italian package featuring Mediaset Italia. It's only $17 a month, plus taxes and fees, with your Vantage TV by Frontier subscription. And you can get it together with Rai Italia, which is the international version of uh, Rai. So again, if you want this great TV package, call one 499 2874 Restrictions may apply, and I think you'll enjoy it, because more Italian is always a good thing. People t- talk about preservation because someone said to me, you know, how do we preserve it? I don't know. I don't know who's going to be here tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know if we can preserve. I, the world changes. That's a very in-depth question. I know we can record. Wow. That's deep. You just did a, you know, you always tell Roe, wow, you're really deep. That was a deep one, because you're right. I don't know if it's preservation, but we can certainly record this, and we can certainly put it out there. You know, I don't know if it preserves it necessarily, but it certainly tells that story. Someone I grew up with, his grandmother had a thousand people at her wedding. Wow. And um, I guess it was ni- about 1934 she got married. And it was an Italian wedding in downtown Jersey City. And they used the White Eagle Hall. And she had a thousand people. Because at that time, they were the football wedding. So people came and went. And she told stories about this wedding. I was like, what I would do to see the visual of what that wedding was like. Yeah, absolutely. And somehow, some way, if the world is around 100 years from now, you know, so many aspects of the Italian experience will be changed, will be different, will be gone. They might still be here. They might be the same. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. But we're giving people the capacity to take a peek, to peek through the windows of our time. Yeah, you're really right. So we're doing this for posterity. That, that's why I'm vested in this. That, that's, that's why I'm here. Well, that's why I'm ta- I take these phone calls. <laughs> I have cheese downstairs that has to be slammed. <laughs> and it's going to sweat. I'm going to panic. Don't let it sweat too much. I got 14 pounds of cheese to grate. I know. You got a lot of work. What, do I, what, did, I, what did I do? <laughs> I, I bought I put Then I went to the backseat of my car. And I'm like, I got a quarter of a wheel of cheese. That's a lot of cheese. That's a lot of cheese. That's a lot of cheese. You got a, you got a night ahead of you. That's called the Italian hoarder syndrome. We're always afraid. Yes. We're going to wind up like Hungary. My mother did that once. She ordered a wheel of uh, Parmigiano-Reggiano, and I don't think she she heard all these stories. My grandmother used to say, oh, we, we'd have the wheel and the gandina. And I don't think my mother really thought through the size of that. So the wheel arrived at our house and it had looked like two guys to carry it in, and then we had to get the... The scoring knife took, I mean, it was like a huge project. And we were giving away bags of grated cheese for like a year after that. I mean, it was. But then you lose money on that. I mean, you got all this cheese. Then you look at it and you're like, where am I going to put this? Yeah. And so you grind it and then you give it to this one, you give it to that. So so you're actually behind at yeah. the end of the day. And you're working. you got to put labor eight in. Eight-ounce piece, it's hard of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's not easy. Because I have the KitchenAid cheese grater. But you can't go, it has to go slow to stick it nice and small, grating, like, you know. No, it's just too much. It's a whole day affair. It's like if you have extra bread that's stale and you want to grind it into breadcrumbs, that makes sense. But if you want to go out and buy bulk bread at Costco to let it go stale and make breadcrumbs, it doesn't make sense. You just buy it. No, but then you see the price of what the the cheese sells for in, in in a normal person quantity in the supermarket. And you calculate and say, well, I can get this for half the price if I buy it in a 14-pound. <laughs> right. Half you know, the price per- and 200 times the labor. Right. But the Italian DNA says get it for half the price, half the price. We're more afraid of price than labor. Yeah, we don't mind the labor. Yeah. We're kind of proud of it because I'm looking at all this cheese. I'm like, wow, I can, <laughs> I can grate this. 
I'm thinking about Rosella's grandmother's cheese grater. Oh, the best. I should be selling the cheese with the cheese grater. That's true. You should. Can cheese you imagine grater. her sitting there grating 14 pounds of Pecorino Romano on that little hand grater? Nona Romano would do that in about, bowl? Uh, about an hour. She'd finish 14 pounds. She's, she's got a rhythm that you can't even believe. That would be a great marathon. <laughs> An Italian cheese grating marathon. Yeah, do it next You know, year. they would have the dance marathons like during the war, during the Depression, yeah. like how many hours. We should just sit, a group of Italian women, like a $5,000 prize, which is huge quantities of cheese and see who's the first to crack. Do it next year. Do it at the at the feast next year. Yeah, for what? And who's going to eat all the cheese? I'm going to get yelled at again. That's true. Let them take it home. They take it home like they take home the prosciutto and they take home the provolone that you. Uh... Everybody could take it home like bomboniera and like in the gallon. <laughs> exactly. They'll love that. It's it's a free gift and a prize. Can I just jump in one more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It to say? yeah, yeah. Um, I knew a gentleman born in 1916, Tang, downtown Jersey City, who remembered he's passed. I guess as a seven or eight year old, so that would have brought us to 1923, 1924. He remembered walking on Brunswick Street, which was the main street for peddlers in Jersey City. It was the 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 high street, the main street, the commercial street in Jersey City for the Italian community. And he was telling me about Christmas Eve and going shopping for fish with his mother on Christmas Eve to the vendors. And about Gabidon, about eels jumping in barrels and people where you couldn't walk in the street because it was so, so packed. I guess a little bit like in Godfather 2, during the feast scene. That's how I always kind of imagined it. And he would just go on and on about a little kid, about his mother walking with him through the streets to go shopping. And he always talked about what Christmas Eve was like on Brunswick Street. And then he would kind of like punctuate with like, you could never possibly imagine what it was like. You couldn't picture it. And I'm sure that my imagination doesn't have the capacity to reimagine that. You know, but how blessed we'd be today if we had had the technology to be able to, to record it and record it in the voices and the, and, and the people and the gestures. Because, you know, film was there, but film was a scarce commodity and it wasn't in the hands of the populace. You know, and even if you go back with Super 8 videos, you know, I'm sure that maybe in the 50s or 60s, there might have been someone who had the Super 8 movie camera, which had a very limited amount of time, you know, a couple of minutes for a film, no sound. I'm sure out there's somebody out there who filmed it, but we have the capacity now for an unlimited amount of time, professional editing, pictures that are clearer than what our eyes could actually register. Yeah, it's, it's just a fantastic experience. So I, I, I'm invested in this because at heart, I'm a historian. I think, I mean, I think you concur with that, John. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm a teacher and a historian. If that, that's the top line of the obituary, right? He's, and that's the stuff I love to do. So if I'm allowed to document our moment in time, I'm on board. So that's it. I'm done. Can I go grate my cheese now? <laughs> Can I ask one more question? Can I make yeah. one, one more comment? You You remind me a lot of, like, you know, a couple of, projects that I've seen that I really want to emulate because we did this first show, Rosella, you, me, Basil, his team at the ISDA, and this great young filmmaker named Joe Manella, who you introduced to our whole circle. He's the bomb. Joe is the absolute best. Yes. Another product in New Jersey. (laughs) Big, big shout out to Joe Manella Studios, who's uh, producing this with us. And we came up with the first series, which we call Greetings from Italian America, really based on the episode that we did uh, in Buffalo with Peter uh, many, many episodes ago. It's in the archive. And, you know, we we had a great time talking about Buffalo, and we learned a lot. And I think it was a good episode, uh, save for the sound quality back then. But 
it would have been amazing to do it on video because, you know, you and I got to go to the uh, Italian parish there and went to the restaurant. And to have that, to show the rest of the country the Buffalo Italian America, uh, we we really wanted to, to do it right. And I think this first series we're doing is kind of born out of that. Like, it, Greetings from Italian America, the idea is... A, us living our Italian life here in our area, but also in the future, traveling to different communities. So if you're out there and you want to host us in your community, and I don't mean host us financially, I mean show us around and guide us through your community, please reach out to us because we are going to start going around the country to different places, uh, sharing different versions of the Italian-American life and community. And to me, I think because we're so deep inside this, it's going to be great to really dig in and reveal it, reveal the people. So the first episode that comes out today, and we hope you'll watch it and subscribe right away, is Greetings from Italian America made at the San Gennaro Feast this year. And uh, the second episode that will come out in a couple of weeks was made at the Columbus Day Parade, which we have phenomenal access to. We're in the parade with the float with the ISDA. We are in the club. We speak to the people who put on the parade. It's really wonderful that we get to present the inside of the parade everybody out there and then our christmas episode will be out at the end of the month and then from there it's going to be a regular monthly episode so a lot of adventures on the way that we want to share with everybody but i also think you know i'm inspired by so much as we as we do this like you know you said you're a a historian by birth but i think it's more anthropologist actually now that i think about it because you and i both it's not just about the telling of it it's about digging and understanding it in a really intimate no, way. I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, man, that. Yeah. That's correct. And, and I think, for me, I've been inspired. Like, you mentioned saving people on, on film and, and footage and, and the sound and the crispness. I think back to, and we've had this discussion, you and I, for years. I go back to, like, Martin Scorsese's mother. He did his his documentary. Uh, Italian, Abso- yeah. Absolutely cannot, cannot agree with you more. The way she sounds is my grandmother and her sisters. That cadence is almost gone. And, and the mannerisms. Yeah, almost gone. Yeah, and that was a cadence. You know what? I, we could do an episode on that. This is when we kind of get, I think this is when the show gets very cerebral in the sense that I'm going to go out on a limb on this one. And I, if you don't get this, you got to just trust us on this one because I think John is going to concur. The generation we're talking about, which would be Martin Scorsese, Catherine's mother, they had a different diction and cadence when they felt it was a formal setting. Wow. So if they knew they were getting filmed, they changed the way they spoke. Do you agree with that, John? Wow, that's a really good question. I haven't ever... I've oh, never... my mother and I say it all the time. I go to the... I, I can tell you in Jersey The way the Jersey City heavy accent, if they felt there was someone from a higher class or an outsider, it's the same as going from the quote-unquote dialect regional language to standard of time. The mentality is the exact same. So you change the way you speak. And if you watch Martin Scorsese's mother, just the way she's cooking and the, her, the way she speaks, she, it, she's gone into that mode. It's really interesting you say that. I wish Rosella was with us now because she, more than anybody, must see this, right? Because whatever's left of that um, cadence and mannerism and uh, manner of speaking, Ro probably sees it more than anybody with all of the nonne. I don't think so because I think that the, the Italian-born the, the 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 phenomenon we're talking about is for the Amer- the Italian American born crowd that I would say went from maybe the late eighteen nineties to about nineteen twenty the twenty year period. But it's interesting you they say they spoke a very they say that said they said Turlet and Earl and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think this is interesting because my grandmother is eighty two, and 
maybe because she's a byproduct of those parents. Like my grandparents still say Turlet and Earl and uh, all of those sort of buzzwords, which is interesting. But will right? they say that in front of outsiders? Well, it's interesting because when, when my grandmother was invited by Roe to be on her show, I went with her and she was super excited. My grandmother, you've met my grandmother. For the audience out there, I have one of the best known in the world. She's just a complete loving, like radiant, like like I'm sure all of yours out there. Um, but my grandmother was raised in, in a sort of middle-class upbringing. So she grew up, my great-grandfather had started his career when he came from Bari. He was an ice man and a coal man. He had, and his older brother, they parlayed that into some real estate, and they had a nice sort of life. My grandmother went to um, St. Joseph's Catholic School in Brooklyn. She, by all intents and purposes, she was way more integrated than any members of the other branches of my family. Um, but I noticed when we recorded with Roe, she did take on an affect that was a little bit more controlled than her normal comfortable yeah, accent. And so and and she has some of the my my dad's parents were about a half a generation older. My my dad's mom would be uh, almost 100 now and she had that very very deep sort of a Catherine Scorsese Italian American accent or cadence whatever you want to call it. My my mom's mom, my grandmother Carmela, she has the second iteration of that, but I did notice kind of what you say, and I picked up on it then. And I and I, if you go and watch the video on YouTube on Rose's channel, you might pick it up too because you know her. Um, it's it's a little bit different. You know my theory on that is? Yeah. Talkies. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. Talkies it, came out, and that's why they... I, I, now, I don't know. If you're in Cleveland or you're in... Tech, I mean, if you're in another part of the country, I can only tell you what... Jersey City was like the Jersey City metropolitan area, right? Which is the town surrounding there. Um, NPR did a study on regional accents in the New York area. Jersey City and Hudson County, New Jersey, was determined to be part of the city of New York linguistically. It was included almost as a borough. So the idea was that the language is very contiguous from Brooklyn to Jersey City. And as I said in the past, a lot of the South Brooklyn, Jersey City cultural continuity comes from the fact that there were ferries pre-bridge, pre-tunnel that, that made Jersey City and Brooklyn very, very closely connected. Um, my theory is that when these Italian kids who spoke the English that they picked up in school and on the streets, they were very noticeably from a different social class, from people who were from a higher social class in the New York metropolitan area. I think they went to movies when the first talking movies came out and they saw that kind of, I call it the Eleanor Roosevelt English. Yeah. And they emulated it when they thought that they needed to. But it came out horribly. You could tell that it's, a, it's an act that they would put on. But that's how they portrayed it. It's funny you say that because anthropologically, and I, and I, I this is across the board for urban accents, obviously here in the New York, New Jersey area in particular. I don't, again, I don't know if it's the same in the Chicago's or uh, the Cleveland's or the older cities. But there's an anthropological phenomenon where urban accented speakers in an attempt to formalize their language, add a, I guess it's, I guess it's referred to, if I recall, as like a hanging R. So words like idea instead of idea. And to be fair, I mean, I'm not blowing the lid off of any secret here. My parents do that sometimes. So my dad will still say things like idea. Take Captain Scorsese. Listen to her and Martin Scorsese, 1974 Italian-Americans, and then listen to Eleanor Roosevelt. And tell me she's not kind of... Um, mimicking that and even in like you know like the uh, our gang comedies and stuff like that 
rich people had that sort of accent and you can hear the Italian. I mean, I heard it. I remember that crowd. I used to make fun of my grandmother all the time to my mother, like when someone would call my grandmother, no, it was the whole accent would change. <laughs> I used to say, I used to say, oh, here comes Eleanor Roosevelt. Cause I, and I never connected why they all sounded like that. That's really what we want this to be is a great example. Like Scorsese, I'm sure I've only had one conversation with the man and I didn't ask him about this and I, I wish I would have. And I will, if I ever see him again, I'm sure he knew he was recording for posterity a, a culture, a, a moment in a culture that he loves very much. It's obvious because a lot of his films, like The Irishman, which comes out tonight on Netflix, uh, they they honor that those cadences. And I know that's, I believe that's why they're in there. But well, I mean, what separates Scorsese because he lived there. Yeah, this is his life. In my opinion, what's going to change everything is that it's like, like, like it's like the, the, the very poorly done mafia spoofy movies. Um, they're trying to mock something they don't really even understand. Well, they're a parody of a parody. They're, they're, a parody of a parody. It's like taking right? a, a picture of a picture. You know, The visual quality degrades every time you do that. And I'm going to go one more step. I think just because of how one generation dying and one generation coming in, I think that the millennials don't really understand what we're talking about with this because they weren't really conscious of these sorts of things when that generation started to die off. Yeah. I think the Xers are the last ones who really can understand this conversation in the New York metropolitan area of the grandmother who starts to sound like Eleanor Roosevelt in the conversation if she was talking to a doctor. That's what I think we all want this whole YouTube experiment to be. Like, it's this is not we discovered the camera phone and we want to pretend we're filmmakers. This is, in my vision a chance and a place to put together an archive and a database of audiovisual history of our community. So I want to encourage everybody, because I know we always put out the call uh, to the audience. I'm doing this with them or without them, because I think it's that important. Oh, yeah, we have to. We have to do this. I'm like, this is, this is what I really believe in. This is kind of like the, the reason why we're here. Absolutely, I agree. This is, this is the call. I mean, it, if, you don't, if you don't buy into it, then, you know. But okay. I, want, I want people to, to share with us, because... There are families out there that are lucky enough to have old home movies. I want people to send us their videos. I want them to send us ideas because if you have an idea for a show, if you want to make a show, we want to help you do that. And we want to give it – I mean, to me, this is a YouTube channel, but we've spent – you and I have spent decades in this community. And how many times have we heard people say, we need to raise the money and have an Italian TV station or an Italian – you know, that technology is not necessary anymore. We don't have to be bound to a TV schedule and advertisers and – we can do this, and we can put it out there for an audience. So let's turn this into Italian America TV. Let's get every good idea. Please send it to us. We can put together the, the, the resources and the tools to make your show happen. So if you have a great idea and you want to put it out there, instead of everybody sort of going their own way for a fractured audience, let's use this platform. Please, I'm asking the community, come together. If you've got a great idea, let us know. We want to be involved because it's all rowing towards the same direction and the same purpose, which is documenting who we are. And it's never going to be the opportunity again. The opportunity gets further away from us every day, and we can do it now. And this is why we started this company, and this is why we joined up with the original Italian-American podcast and all of this work, everything we've done over the years, it's leading to something like this. So I hope everybody's going to go out and watch. I hope you're going to send us your ideas for the shows. We have a bunch of ideas for different shows that I, that I know we're going to make. So Greetings from Italian America is going to be the first 
of many, many expressions of our passion for this community uh, on this site, and we hope you enjoy it. You want to go make your cheese now? It's made. I, I got to do something with it. <laughs> go. I know you're nervous. I know. I, no, it's just in like, I, I think sometimes people think we, we make this stuff up. Like, I'm in a real panic mode because I don't know. I got to vacuum seal it now. Hate, that's a pain, that machine. That's so much work. It never works right for And me. I'm like, why am I doing this? Why don't, why don't, why can't I be normal? Go pack your cheese. I'm going to go make your uh, fig, chestnut, and chocolate uh, chili. If anybody, can I be honest with you people out there? If you do make the chestnut pie, let me know. Yeah, anybody, but nobody's going to do it. I think there's some people who are going to try it. I really do. We had it out today on social media. Yeah, who? I don't know. Give comments. me a name. All right, if you're listening. Who commented? I don't who know. Comments? I have my phone in front of me. You're on my phone right now. What is it on Twitter? We're on Twitter, Instagram. What is this on? I think Instagram it's now? on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm going to put a win- but who who said something? Instagram people. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I haven't looked at the, the all of them, but I did it's see. It's too the- much. They got to pick. We, we got to pick one and stick with it. We need one. Oh, we- a picture of a pie. That's your pie. Let's see, that's my pie. The dream, the impossible dream. So people I know. Let's see. Pecan pie is my weakness. Well, that means you're not making mine. Thank you for sending. Dad and I would definitely like to try this. Okay, well, then you try that. I'm going to give you, let me know how Christine. Yeah, I got one person says they're going to do it. Someone wants to make a Kuchidaki pie? There's a Sicilian here somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm done. You've taken enough of my time now. My cheese is, is not, my cheese is missing me. People got babies to take care of. I got to, they got 14-pound babies. I got a 14-pound Oh, you're the greatest. Have that a... cries out to me in the middle of the night. Take uh, care of me. Tell everybody I said have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, you too. All right, I'll talk to, I'm sure I'll talk to you later. All, All right, right, All right thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is the one and only Pat O'Boyle. That's why he's my partner in crime. So I hope you're out there watching these videos right now. Greetings from Italian America, YouTube.com. Please go watch it. Leave us a comment. Subscribe to the channel. And, and honestly, while we're at it, Subscribe to the show if you haven't already subscribed. If you're listening online, iTunes subscription is wonderful for us. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. This stuff really helps us get the word out there and spread it to the Italian community all across America. And uh, I think you've heard here, this is a mission for us. So we appreciate you listening. I hope everybody has, at this point, had a wonderful, healthy, peaceful Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll be back next week with a more traditional version of our show. Uh, and we hope uh, with some commentary on what we've done with Greetings from Italian America. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. If you want your life to be great, see that you're born an Italiano and your life will be great. See that you're born an Italiano.